Want to start out by saying that we didn't birth all of you, so uh, there's that. Uh, some of us here birthed some people here today in attendance, but, uh, you know, maybe we didn't birth all of you, but uh, we appreciate those of you that did. Um, thank you for giving me uh, material for my stand-up there this morning in the video announcements. Appreciate it, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to see you today. I always forget to introduce myself in the first service, so everybody's like, hey, People might, you know, they might not know you and who you are. So I was nameless, uh, redhead person, uh, mom in the first service. So uh, quickly, if you're new, my name is Casey Pate, married to the amazing lead pastor of City Life Church, Chris Pate. Oh, come on. You're really not going to do that when his wife is asking for his applause. He's not even here. But uh, so for Mother's Day, he left the country and said, Good luck with that. Have uh, three services for Mother's Day. You're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. My family loves me well. My children are wonderful, and, and we're making it. All right, we're making it. He is in Israel. But um, this morning, we are actually going to continue in the series that we've been doing. And um, we've been doing a series called Don't Waste Your Work. And we're talking about the, um, the idea that our work and our worship can mix together. They can actually not be separate. We don't want to live compartmentalized lives, but we want to bring the gospel into every area of our life, and we spend most of our lives working, and so we want to figure out how to make the most of our days and the most of our time. Um, in my introduction, I forgot my mom resume. Again, for those of you that are new, we do have three children, a 15-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter, and a seven-and-a-half-year-old son. And um, I've done probably the range of almost everything that you can do. Um, I homeschooled my children for several years. They are now all three in public school. Our youngest is on the autism spectrum, so that has provided some interesting opportunities and challenges for us. And now I... Um, have always worked at the church um, doing various things and, and leading worship, but I've stepped into a newer role recently that I'm actually like a 30, 40 hour type week and step, walked into the uh, creative director role and it's super exciting. So I think I've done a little bit of kind of everything there is to cover in the, the realm of being a mom. So there's my resume in case you were concerned about my qualifications this morning, talking about mothers on Mother's Day. There it is. But I didn't want to stop this series because I think that Don't Waste Your Work totally applies to being a parent. Because if you're in this room this morning and you are a mom or a dad or you aspire to be one day, that is the most important work that you're ever going to do as a parent. It's a big deal. It's a huge responsibility. It's a big weight. And I feel it every year when I stand up here and give this message. I, I know that there's many, many different types and walks of life in this room this morning. And so I acknowledge that. Like I understand that Mother's Day, Father's Day, all the holidays can come with some mixed emotions. There's some of us here that don't have their mother's with us anymore and they're, they're grieving today, they're sad. There's, there's some that have broken relationships with their parents today and it's not such a happy day for you. There are some that are mourning the loss of their own children they carried that they no longer have with them and I know that because we're walking with some of them that go to this church, myself included, my brother um, who just recently finished cancer treatments and is cancer free that got pregnant by a miracle, they said it wouldn't happen. And they all lost the baby a couple weeks ago. So I'm grieving too. But you know what? We can, 
We can all sit together in the same room as family. And as the Bible says, we, we celebrate with those who celebrate. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. So I'm just glad you're here today, no matter what your situation. Thank you for coming. If it was hard for you to come to church on Mother's Day, thank you for coming. Thank you for having the courage to come this morning when it may have been hard for you to sit here. I hope the Lord will bless you today and encourage you, not because of anything I'm saying, but because God is awesome. And he, I think, wants to, I know, wants to encourage us today through his word. So like I said, it is the most important work we will ever, ever do. And there's a great slide, uh, a great slide, a great quote This is Mother's Day edition. Sorry, I didn't specify that slide. We can move forward. Um, There is a quote. Just in case you're missing my husband's C.S. Lewis quotes, I just made sure I had one for you today because I also love C.S. Lewis. Children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. And I love that quote. But, you know, to be honest, it's hard to remember that every day. When we get stuck in the mundane, when we get just going through the motions, it's a tough gig. I say this every year. I kind of feel like a broken record on Mother's Day. But honestly, every time I pray and seek the Lord and ask him what he wants me to say, I get the same answer. So until he tells me something different, I'm going to continue to encourage you the way that the Lord wants to encourage you today. So if you're like, I have memorized your Mother's Day message. Well, go ahead. You can, there's one more service after this. I'm pretty tired. So you can feel free. You can have the third service. Bless you and uh, and more power to you. But um, I wanted to start this morning since we all know, and I don't have to tell you it's hard. Everyone in here in this room, even if you're not a parent, you know that being a parent is hard work. I don't have to qualify that to you today. I don't have to give you the list of why the weight is so heavy and the responsibility is so great. So I wanted to start a little lighthearted today with some comparison. You're like, wait, wait, we don't do, we're not supposed to do comparison. We're not supposed to look at other people and compare ourselves. Well, I'm gonna make an exception this morning because I actually just wanted you to feel better about yourself. And it's safe because these moms don't actually exist. They're not real. They're TV and movie moms. So if you are not feeling encouraged as a mom this morning, we're gonna go through a series of a few here that hopefully, actually I know you're doing better than these moms this morning, all right? So first slide, here we go. Don't be so hard on yourself. The mom in ET had an alien living in her house for days and didn't notice. I mean, I don't know, I saw the movie, the stuffed animals, y'all, an alien, an alien, come on. Okay, you're doing better than that mom this morning. Congrats, pat yourself on the back, congratulations, okay? Great, we're feeling good, guys. Let's move on, here we go. The next one, right? Home alone, one, two, and three. Because not only did she leave, they leave him the first time, there were two sequels after that that somehow he ended up in the same situation. And I just don't, I don't know, leaving on a family vacation. I'm not gonna ask you like, raise your hand. If you, because like, I mean, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. And we might've like lost our kid in a mall or something. We, we have those stories. So I'm not gonna like embarrass you, but I mean like getting on a plane and go, I mean like, okay. Actually, this movie doesn't even work anymore in our context. Like 2019, let's be real. This happens in 2019, kid goes, Picks up phone, mom, you left me, send. Uh, Mom picks up phone, oh my gosh, I'm turning around right now to come and get you, movie over, right? So 
It doesn't even work anymore, but we appreciate it for what it was in the 90s, the glorious 90s. You're doing better than that, Mom, okay? I promise. All right, next one. Oh, this might be my favorite. Dora, 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 the Explorer. I could be aging myself as a parent by using this reference. I don't even know if y'all still watch Dora anymore, moms. I don't, oh, okay, good. Um, quality programming when my kids were little. My son, who will be in here in the third service, I'll embarrass him because he was obsessed with Dora, like obsessed. Like his second year old, his two-year-old birthday party was Dora, the Explorer. <laughs> In his defense, Diego did not exist yet. Like the boy version was not existing. So that's in his defense, okay? I mean, the boy version hadn't come yet. Okay, but let's talk about Dora's mom for just a second. Okay, let, let's just talk about it. She um, lets her young daughter, who maybe, we don't know, is Dora four, is she five? I, I don't know. She's small with a giant head. Um, we, let her, she, we let her roam around the jungle with a talking monkey, being stalked by a fox, swipe or no swiping, goes through alligator-infested waters and many other extremely dangerous adventures, and her only friends are the other wild animals that she talks to, and a talking backpack and map. And this mom thinks all is right with the world. I don't know, it's a talking map. A talking backpack, and if you've lived through Dora, you know how annoying that music. I'm the map, 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 I'm the map. Hey, I need somebody to raise up and like be convicted and like called by the Lord to write music for children's shows. <laughs> Moms, dads, amen. Because what do you sing when you go to sleep at night? You know what you sing. You know what you sing. I'm not even gonna tell you because then it's gonna get in your head all day. Anyway, guys. We're doing better than these moms, okay? We're doing better. Pat yourself on the back, feel better. Now let's move on because that was a funny way to talk about this, but actually it's quite a serious thing because I think there's one question we all ask ourselves as moms, as parents. Um, I think a lot of this will actually apply to those of you in the work field and in a career and a profession. Some of this actually does apply to what I'm saying today for you, I think there is this question that kind of drives us. It keeps us up at night. It, um, it bothers us. It makes us uh, question our decisions. It makes us wonder uh, what we're gonna do with our lives and our children's lives. And there is this one question I think we all ask, and it is, am I a good mom? Am I doing okay? Maybe you ask it this way, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing right by my kid? Am I raising them in this crazy world? And it, and it really does, I think it's like the core question. And even if you're not a parent, I think you still ask this question, am I good? A am, I like, am I like a good, decent human being? Am I doing right? Am I, am I doing the things I'm supposed to do in this world? And it's a loaded question, honestly, and we have to go, how, how do you define what's good? Like, what's your, how do we shape it? What's our standard? Is it, is it doctors? Is it advice? Is it the blogs? Is it all the books that we read? Is it the moms that we think are really, really awesome and killing it and knows? Is it our own moms? Is it the broken relationship with our mom that we say we're not going to do what they did? Like, what defines what's good? 
And that is a loaded question. And I think it is the very elusive thing that we're all seeking. In Time Magazine in 2017, I'm not going to show you the cover of the magazine because the mother was not close and it was not appropriate for church. But um, the, the title of the magazine was called The Goddess Myth, How a Vision of Perfect Motherhood Hurts Moms. And um, every mom is building this goddess image in their mind. And it's okay. We, we, like... Of course you are because you want to do a great job. So you're gathering all of your information and you're constructing this image of something that you think is like really awesome. But is it serving us well? Let's look at these statistics. 70% of moms, I got this from a, from a great uh, blog and podcast um, that I'll re recommend to you later. 70% of moms feel pressured to do things a certain way. And I'm actually surprised it's just 70 because I kind of feel like it's probably higher because we're all pressured to do things a certain way. Half of all new mothers experience regret, shame, guilt, or anger when things do not go as planned. When we have a plan, when we do exactly what we think, this is the right, this is what the book told me to do, and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, we feel guilt, we feel shame. I couldn't do it. This next statistic is proving that. More than half said natural birth was very important, but 43% ended up needing drugs or an epidural, and 22% had unplanned C-sections. Now, I'm not putting that up there to say that one way is better or right. I think that's actually the problem, is we put that pressure on people. But my point is, is we have an ideal of how it's supposed to be, and it doesn't always work out like that. And what are we left with? Does that make us good? No, I think it covers us in guilt and shame because, wow, I can't join the super moms club because I didn't have a natural birth. Or I can't join this club because blank, fill in the blank. It's not serving us well, guys. And same statistic for breastfeeding. Um, we, we make plans and they just don't always work out according to how we planned it. And uh, research, not in this article, but... Um, Depression rates in new mothers has increased 51% in 25 years. And I think part of the reason is because we have so much knowledge. I think the internet, I think we can like know everything there is to know, but are we better at the end of the day for it? These statistics are not saying we're better. It's actually saying we're worse. It's actually saying we worry more, we're more insecure, we battle um, identities, we battle all of these things. And so... I don't know. The Bible actually speaks about this good, like what, what is good, right? But I think that we're asking the wrong question. I think that maybe the question is not, am I good? Am I a good person? Am I a good mom? I think it's flawed from the beginning because here's what God says in the very beginning, from the beginning pages of the Bible, right? In Genesis, God made creation man and woman and he declared it good, right? But guess what? It didn't stay that way for long because sin entered into the world. And now we are operating out of a broken world that God is in the process of redeeming and restoring. And so we are parenting through a broken world. We are working in our professions and career through a broken world. We're going to school in a broken world and we're trying to do the best that we can, but we will never be able to be how God originally intended and created it in the garden because of sin. So maybe we're asking the wrong question because maybe that's a very elusive answer 
that we will never get to. Maybe the quest will be never ending and never satisfy you if you are good. This, uh, moving to the next slide here, the, um, is it the one? I didn't have very good slide notes this morning. Okay, good. No one is righteous, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good, not even one. The same chapter later on says all have sinned, right, and fallen short of the glory of God. So even the Bible tells us we're never going to be good enough in our own right by our own standards. So maybe to end the madness, to end the never-ending quest of being good enough, maybe we should ask a different question. Maybe we should measure ourselves not by asking, am I a good mom? But am I pursuing the one who is good? And I think that question can apply to you this morning whether you're a parent or not. Because in our own quest for goodness and our own quest to be the best, we can pursue the actual goodness and not pursue the one who is good, the one who can make us good and do good in this world and as parents. And so I think that maybe that is the right question to ask. And you're like, well, of course, the answer is Jesus. That's the Sunday school answer. Like, that's what you're supposed to say. And yeah, it is, but it's also the answer. I have nothing else for you today. I wish that I had the silver bullet to being perfect. I wish that I had the list of 10 steps to be like the mom that everyone wants to be. I don't have any of that for you this morning because none of it really works at the end of the day. It will leave us empty handed. The only thing that can change us and transform us is if we're pursuing the one who is good and he makes us good moms, good parents, good human beings on this earth. So I wanna do a little like comparison chart today because you might go, yeah, I think I've got this. I, I feel like I'm pretty like Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible, City Life Church member. But I don't know. I think it's kind of slippery and sneaky how this gets into our everyday lives, how we can actually move away from being gospel-centered in the everydayness of our life and we get overwhelmed. And so let's look at the two different ways of pursuit and see where we are today. First slide here. In the pursuit of being good, which is not a bad thing. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We want to actually be good parents. I have an insatiable need to gain knowledge through the best-selling books, latest trends, best blogs, doctor advice, mom's advice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the list never ends. And I think there's this idea that we think if I could just, if I just know everything there is to know, then I will be a good mom. If I know everything there is to know, if I can predict every situation, if I can learn all the knowledge in the world, then I will climb the corporate ladder and really be who God's made me to be. And we have this idea that just gathering and gathering information and being more powerful in our minds can somehow make us good. But we all know because we felt the emptiness of that, that that is not really serving us well. So let's look, like, let's look at what it looks like to be in the pursuit of the one who is good. I am seeking the wisdom to apply the knowledge I've learned. 
because I understand what's best for my family. It's not always the same for everyone else, but God knows my family better than anything and anyone. So there's a difference between knowing all the knowledge and all the things and actually knowing what to do with it. And we need God's wisdom to be able to know what to do in our lives, with our families, with our children, because we don't want to mess this up. I get it. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to, I want to do right by my kids. I want them to be amazing, and I want to feel great as a parent. The only way that I can do that is to seek the one who has all the wisdom, because my motherhood is very specific to me. I am the mother of Addison James and Cadence Faith and Jackson Christopher Pate and only me. And I mean, some days they're probably like, huh, that's great. I'm so happy about that. That they, you're it. You know, that I can't have anybody else. But uh, and maybe some days I feel the same about them. But you know, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. But um, it's it. I mean, you know, Rosina Lane is not the best mom for my kids because they're not her kids. She's the best mom for her kids, but we're different people. How do we know what to do? Wisdom to apply the knowledge that we have learned because motherhood is not a one size fits all. It's not, that's like trying on pants. Oh, is there anything worse than trying on pants that don't fit? Like, I got time for a muffin top today. Nobody likes a muffin top. All right, you do not like it, you will not wear those pants. But that's what it's like when you try to put on someone else's motherhood saying, this is what makes me great. No, that's what makes them great because that's who God made them. You need to be who God made you to be as a mother. So don't put on, it, put on your own mother pants and go be a great mom who called you to be the mom to your kids and you will, oh, thank you for that applause, that was, that was sweet. Um, you really, uh, you really are feeling the muffin top. I get it. <laughs> Who likes it, right? Only on actual muffins do we like muffin top, okay? But listen, in the noise of all of this pursuit of knowledge, we lose our own voice. We lose our confidence to be able to hear from God because we're only concerned about what the experts have to say. You need to gain your confidence to hear from the Lord and know his wisdom for your life, your family, your past, whatever God has before you, all right? Let's move on. What, what's the next thing look like? If I'm pursuing only being good, goodness, being the best, I can be so concerned and obsessed about my children and my mothering that I am not actually enjoying mothering or my children. And this really can apply to anything. This can apply to your work, your job. It can apply to your family at large, your marriage. If we become so obsessed and so worried all the time, we just suck the life right out of what we're doing. Because all we're concerned about is, are we checking the boxes? But, but, but did, they, did they meet this milestone? But did they do this? Did they get this straight A's? Did they, like, we're so concerned and we're so worried all the time. And I know, I am a parent. I am a member of that club. And I worry. I did not know how much I could worry until our son Jackson was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And I realized that I was so obsessed over what was gonna happen next, over what his future was gonna look like, over what God was doing. God, I don't understand what's, what's happening, that I was not enjoying him. I was not enjoying him. I was not enjoying motherhood at the moment because it was just filled with worry and anxiety and oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? But when I released Jackson to the Lord to be who God made him to be, I enjoyed him. 
because I wasn't concerned about the future because God has his future. And I can enjoy him today for who he is without fear of the future, like the Proverbs 31 woman, right? She laughs, she laughs without fear of the future. My favorite verse and somewhat like a chapter that you're like, oh, come on, Proverbs 31 lady, really? That's just putting it on me now this morning. But that one verse I really love. She laughs without fear of the future because she knows that God holds that future. God holds the future of my son. And so I don't have to worry, and I can actually be free to enjoy him and enjoy my motherhood. I can enjoy the mundane everydayness of the, I, I'm not in diapers anymore, so I can't say that. You're going to get there one day, everybody. Just put your hands up right now and just receive from the Lord. It's glorious. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to rub it in your face today. But man, when you get out of diapers, it's just a new day. It's a new day, and you get a raise, too, in your, in your budget. But um, it's... We can enjoy the everyday life when we're not so obsessed over if we're being great, if we're being perfect, if our kids are perfect, we can actually be free, which leads me to the next slide. I am free to enjoy my motherhood and to enjoy the journey of motherhood for the gift from God that they are. You hear the word free, do you just feel lighter? Doesn't it just sound good? Like, what would it look like if you took all of the energy and all of the time you expended worrying and trying to take control over what God is in control of and all the things that you're holding so tightly, what would it look, what would your life even look like if you had all of that time to be free? Some of you in this room don't even know the answer to that because you are so bound to your anxiety and your worry that you don't even know what that freedom looks like. And I'm here to tell you, God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to enjoy being a parent. It's not easy, no, but it's full of wonderful and beautiful things every day if we look for them. But if we are too concerned and too worried, we will miss the beautiful things that God wants to show us every single day. So let's look at this, this next slide here. In the pursuit of being good, motherhood can become my identity. And my worth is wrapped up in my performance and my kids' performance. This is a big win, y'all. This is a big, big, big beast to tackle. And again, I don't think this just applies to motherhood. I think we can fill in the blank with anything. This can absolutely be your job. Your, your profession and your career can become your identity, and it's who you are. And here's the problem with that is I equate my goodness and my measuring of how good I am by my kids. Kids are good equals I am good. Kids are bad, which breaking news, it happens. I am bad. I am a failure because my kids are bad. And that is a dangerous, dangerous ground to stand on with anything other than your identity in Christ. Let me tell you, be free today to have the right kind of identity. Because you know what? That is a pretty fragile and fickle thing to hang your self-worth on. It really is. And it's going to change every day. It's going to look different every day. And that's why we're going insane in the membrane. Because we are on this ride, right? Your self-worth, let me tell you, if you need to know this this morning and be free, mom, 
Your self-worth is not wrapped up in a crazy goldfish-eating, irrational toddler, okay? Because those, those people are crazy, okay? Toddlers be crazy, all right? They're just crazy. So, like, if your worth is tied up in that, whoo, you in for a ride, mama. And let me tell you on the other side, too, if your self-worth is wrapped up in crazy hormonal, confused, challenging, emotional teenagers. Whew, really good luck to you on that one. That's the ride I'm on right now. And I'm like, I'm trying to get off this ride every day. Like y'all just, you just be on that. And I'm trying to get off of that. But we tie our identities into those things so easily that we don't even notice it. And it's scary. And I didn't notice it until I sent my kids into public school because I really didn't think that I was that kind of parent. I was like, I'm a pretty like laid back parent. I have a good time. Enneagram seven, let's have fun in life. Let's enjoy things, you know. But I realized when I sent my kids to public school, all of a sudden the weight of the world fell on me because I was like, guess what? Guess what I've done with my whole life as a mother up until this point? I have put everything into this. Like I have schooled them, I fed them, I've spent 24 seven with them. And if they go to school and they're like not smart, or like they're weird and they don't know how to talk to kids or like the list of all the stereotypical things about being a homeschool mom. All of a sudden I realized that, oh my gosh, if they do not succeed, I am a failure. I have failed. And boy, was that a tough, tough awakening. And God was like, where's your identity? Are, are you failing? Is that gonna make you less loved by me? Is that gonna change who you are in Christ? No, the answer is no. But if we put our identity in the other things, let me tell you, like I said, you're gonna fail, sorry. I already failed this morning, okay? Because listen, Chris out of the country, I'm by myself, and I was not happy with my kids because they just were not cooperating. I'm like, guys, I gotta get to church, okay? Can just like help me out here, help a mother out. And they were just, I love them. I've already failed this morning because I was like not operating in the spirit which God has placed in me. I was operating in a different spirit. <laughs> but God still loves me, all right? I spilled coffee on my shirt. Like guess what? My kids failed already this morning because of what I just said, okay? So like we've all already failed each other today. So let me just like burst your bubble if you think that like you have this idea that you're never gonna fail your kids and you have the pressure to do that because maybe the issues you have as an adult, maybe you say my, my parents failed me and I have a list of issues that my counselor talks to me about every week, and I will not fail my kids. I will not fail them. I will do right by my kids. I'm sorry to tell you, you will fail them. You will fail them. They will fail you. It's a glorious, wonderful cycle, but let me tell you, God will never fail you. God will never fail your kids. He is with them, and in our mistakes and our failures, he gets to show himself strong to our kids. So I can actually make room in my home for us to fail because it's hard being in a home where there's no room for failure. Some of you know that because you grew up in a house like that. I did. There was no room. There was no room for messing up. There was no room for anything but perfection. And what that did was made a workspace mentality that I have to earn my love. I have to earn whether someone accepts me or not. And that is not the gospel. 
But when our identity is wrapped up in, if I, if my kids are good, I am good, then we have to be perfect, right? Because then we're a failure. And what are we gonna do with that? We have to be perfect. No, you don't. No, you don't. If that's all you needed to hear today, you do not have to be perfect to be a great, gospel-centered, amazing parent, raising amazing children who are gonna change the world. And maybe some of you today are in this room and you're actually afraid to have children because of that. Because you're like, listen, I'm not doing that. I lived through that. I can't do that again. And God wants you to know that you're not defined by your past examples either. That does not define what makes you good. He is the one that makes us good. So when we're in pursuit of the one who is good, my identity is found in Christ. And I no longer have to be perfect to earn my worth anymore. But he who is perfection took my place and now he calls me worthy. He says, guess what? You're not good on your own, okay? There's the caveat. But with me and you, you can do all things. Not all things on your own. You're not superwoman. You're not, I can do everything. I'm every woman. Sorry, it's a myth, okay? We're not every woman. We're not. I believe the children are our future, but we're not every woman, okay? We're not. It just, let me tell you what it is, and you know the answer. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to live like that. It's exhausting to live like you're always searching for what makes you measure up and be good. It's exhausting to find your identity in something apart from the only one who can cause you to be good and do good. So maybe today we could just get off of like the roller coaster ride. Maybe today you can just let go of good today and cling to the one who is good today. Maybe, maybe we can lean into the gospel and let it transform our parenting. Let it transform our lives. Let it transform our womanhood or our manhood or our career, whatever it is that we're doing. Could we lean into the gospel and let God transform us today? Because without him, motherhood especially, can be a joyless, dry, exhausting place that can cause resentment and bitterness apart from him. Because you're like, I'm giving my life for this. And what? Are you kidding me? I'm missing, I'm missing out on a life and this is what I get. Like all of that kind of thing can creep into us when we are not clinging to the one who is good in our endless quest to be good. I just want everybody to, Excuse me, I want everybody to stand this morning as we close. And we're gonna have the worship team come out. I'd, I'd rather take a few minutes and worship than, than like land this plane with some clever thing that's gonna blow you away. Because like God's presence can offer you what I cannot today. God's presence can offer the healing for your heart that you need today that I cannot offer you. Maybe you're in this room and you have a broken relationship with your own parents and there is a lot of pain that comes with that. Maybe you just need to ask God to come and heal your heart today. Maybe you need to lean into the gospel in that way. Maybe today you feel like you're crumbling under the weight of being a mother 
And God wants to say, I want you to feel free because his burden is light, his yoke is easy. And if you feel heavy today, you're probably taking on something he did not ask you to take on. Maybe you seem to let God be God today, whatever it is, because he can answer every need in this room, he can do it. So would you just pray with me, Lord, there, there is no good found in us. It is, a, it is a quest for perfection that will end empty every single time. But you are good. You are good. We can lean into you and you make us good because you see Jesus when you look at us. You see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit in our lives. So God, would you just move mountains today? Would you do it again? God, we've seen your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Would you show your faithfulness to me again today? Would you show me how to be a mother that is not crumbling under the weight of the world? Could you show me, God, how to be a great coworker, a great boss, a great father, a great son, a great daughter? Only you can do that for us, God. Only you can meet those needs. And we worship you, Jesus, this morning.